Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series. Joining you Monday to Friday, 9.30am UK time. Keeping you all up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal. And a few days ago, actually probably a couple of weeks ago, set us the target of seeing if we could hit a certain figure before the end of the window. And I didn't think we'd hit it as soon as, as we have. Uh, and we've still six days left. So it does go to show that even, you know, when you think there's little, little time left, big things can still happen. Uh, but thank you so much for helping us hit 8K subs, uh, which was reached this morning. Uh, that's Bailey clapping away in the background. Chris doesn't care, it seems. <laughs> but uh, no, lovely stuff. Uh, thank you so much, guys, as always. Bailey, is there anything, do you want to, like, acceptance speech you got prepared or anything like that? just want to thank the guys in the comment section, of course. The team effort for all of us, and we've got to keep growing. It's at the 10K. Let's keep growing. Absolutely. Chris, it's, it, it's not 10K, is it? Is that where your head's at with this? It's like, <laughs> could be better. <laughs> <laughs> Always striving for more. No, no, about that. Obviously, I'm I'm really appreciative of, of the the support that the channel's received. We've done a really good job, as Betty said. Great team effort, and um, yeah, just thank you to everyone who, who tunes in every day, gets commenting, gets liking, subscribing. That the support means a lot. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Absolutely. Consider we start in this channel, start of September, end of August, and we're you know we're close to hitting ten thousand subs. is is a crazy achievement, and and that is all down not just to us, but for everyone that tunes in and commits to watching these shows and joining us in the chat boxes. So thank you. Keep sharing the love, keep sharing the pod around, and uh, and tell people where they can find it. And if you are watching on Facebook, of course, and we do stream these live to the Facebook page on Football London, make sure if you haven't already to hit subscribe on your YouTube app as well. It really does help us out, and to drop a like as well on today's video we start uh with obviously the big news uh which is around Dusan Vlaovic which hopefully uh in a weird way despite the fact that it's not positive news for Arsenal means that we won't have to talk about him again which is you know positive um in a, in a way it's the bright side of looking at this story even though it's not a really bright story uh Juventus are closing in now on a, on a deal to bring uh Dusan Vlaovic to Turin uh it always seems like that was his preferred destination yet Despite that, Arsenal continue to press and they continue to, to push forwards and try to get this deal done. And Edu was very intent on seeing whether or not Arsenal could pull it off. It's not been successful. Bailey, have Arsenal wasted their time this window with this deal? I wouldn't say wasted their time. I think you have to be ambitious in the transfer market. And I've always said Jan the January window is always difficult. It's never, it's never easy to get the big deals over the line. So I think Arsenal were playing their time, hoping to wait until the end of the window where stuff might be easier to get done. Of course, I think they should have got a definitive answer from Flyovic, yes or no, simple as, and then moved on. I think, also, I'm, I'm just in the middle, I'm on the fence a little bit, because I also do think that if the player had doubts about joining a the club, then that's it. As Arteta said in his interview in 2020 with Ian, White, Ian Wright, sorry, if mm. a player does not want to come, that's it. He shouldn't want to, he should always want to come to Arsenal. So once you got that kind of message from him and you could tell you want to go to Juventus, there's no more needed to persuade him and move on to other targets. Because now we are left a week left and we need we in desperate need for a striker, if we're being honest. But once again, I told you yesterday that for me the chase of Flyovich was done uh after mon after the previous Monday after the celebration. And no, there was no developments. I think after that, he wasn't going to get him. I want us to focus on Isaac now. The heal for me, the healing process of Flyovic has been done last week, so I'm not even too too angry about it. But now I think you need to focus on a player like Isaac or uh, a Jonathan David for the summer maybe and getting maybe a loan deal or something like that until the end, until the end of the season. 
Yeah, I, I tend to agree, Chris. Do you, do you concur and think that this wasn't a waste of time and it was a show of ambition by the club to try and get such a, a huge talent through the doors? Well, I mean, if Arsenal didn't at least try, then people would have been giving them stick f- for that, you know. So it was either way, um, you can't really win. But uh, I- I've got new issues with us going for him, like you've been saying throughout the whole um, saga and, and, and the chase for Dusan Flavic, t- Tom, you know, it, it just proves that we are ambitious as a football club and I, I'm all for us trying to, to, to go for top targets. Okay, I think it was always going to be a big ask for, for us to try and secure his services because he's, you know, such a, a big, exciting prospect at the minute and lots of top clubs around Europe are after him as well. Um I personally think, you know, if he wanted, if he was someone who wanted to prove himself a bit more at a very high level, then he would have made that move to the Premier League. But obviously, it looks as if Juventus and staying in Italy is his preferred option at the moment. So, you know, we've just got to accept that. It's been widely reported that Arsenal had done absolutely everything to try and and, and bring him to the Emirates this month. But uh, Sometimes it's not always possible. So um, as Bailey touched on a minute ago, it's time for us to move on pretty swiftly to other targets and, and try to secure someone else. It's been reported that Alexander Isaac, Dominic Calvert-Lewin are two other potential um, mm. targets for us this month, I think. Um, and I'm sure we'll go on to them more specifically in a moment. But one over the other is going to be much more um, easier to get done. Uh, and that is Isaac, because, you know, considering his release clause and obviously with Everton being a fellow Premier League club and the situation they're in at the minute, they'll be very reluctant to get one of, to let one of their best players go in Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So, you know, it's all fair and well. The air is a bit clearer on the Vlaovic front, but at the same time, um, it doesn't make getting anyone else that, that easy. There's still a lot of work to be done in the final few days of the window and Edu and Arteta must act very quickly. I think from my perspective, I'm happy to see the club moving in the direction of trying to sign these level of players. Yes, it wasn't successful. You aren't going to secure all of them. Um, you know, it took Manchester United two years to sign Jaden Sancho. So it sometimes is going to take clubs a lot longer. And Arsenal are unfortunately in a position where off the back of two eighth place finishes. We're outside of Europe. There's no guarantees of even getting into Europe. I was going to say the Champions League, but it's a very competitive kind of Premier League this season. One of Arsenal, Spurs, Man United, West Ham, Chelsea is going to finish outside the top six this season. And, you know, if Arsenal aren't bringing a striker, it's a very good possibility that we could be that team. And fingers crossed we can. And I think that highlights the importance of the the necessities we have to bring somebody in. Chris touched upon there, Bailey, a number of, of strikers that we have been linked to in the day since. Isaac looks to be the one that would be kind of the next down from Vlaovic in regards to kind of hype and potential and quality, but more expensive, £75 million buyout clause. The other players that we've been linked to, as Chris mentioned, Jovic has been supposedly offered on a possible loan deal. We've had mixed success from signing players from Real Madrid in recent years. Sabayos was okay, um, and Erdegaard has obviously been brilliant since coming in. Uh, and then we have Raul de Tomas, Espanyol, who's is a crazy kind of one of those wild links. I don't give it too much credibility, to be honest, but I'm not surprised he's on the radar considering he is La Liga's second highest goal scorer this season. So bearing all that in mind, where's your head at with where Arsenal need to go now? Yeah, I don't think we need to go down the, uh, the Thomas route at all. I think you were, you were touching it later, TC. It was more of, that's more of a Perez part two signing. I'd rather not, I'd rather stay clear of that. But... 
I've not been a fan of Luka Jovic. I think I've made that clear. I wouldn't want to see. I wouldn't want to see him on a permanent deal, but a loan deal. I think I'll take that until the end of the season, so we can really get in the striker we want for the summer. I think a striker, this position, we can't rush this signing. We can't panic by any signing because it can stop us from getting who we actually want. I remember we signed Perez in 2017, and then it made it. We struggled to get a striker after that. We need to take our time, make sure the striker we get is short term, so we can get a long term option in the summer. I think Luka Jovic provides that. Personally, for me, I'm happy to go with Lacazette as a starting striker until the end of the season. But we just need another player who can play, play as a backup or can come in to replace him. I just don't think... I think the gap between Lacazette and Ketua is too great. I think if Lacazette is injured, we're finished, we're plateaued. So we definitely need someone like Luka Jovic in Cummins, a similar level. He can also chip in with a few goals. And I'm happy to do that until the end of the season because I think we can compete with Lacazette. It's just that we need another striker just, just to hang, hang in the balance a little bit. So I'm happy to get Luka Jovic on loan and then in summer, maybe go on for a player like uh, Alexander Izak or Jonathan David. Navarro says, happy with Laka, Bailey out in the, in the chat box. Look, uh, I'm not sure that we can compete with Laka being our start. I think we can kind of, you know, compete for a top six place. For top four, with just Lacazette, I, I'm solidly saying there's, there's no hope. There, I, I really don't think there's too much hope of us finishing in the top four with just if Lacazette is the number one choice. I mean, he scored what? He hasn't scored at all in January. He scored a few goals when he came into the lineup against what leads. You get one against Norwich, maybe, maybe a penalty. I think he's popped up with, but he's not enough of a consistent goal scorer to, to for us to bank the rest of the season on him delivering to to get us to where we want. When you consider he costs us fifty million pounds, that's you know we'd look back on maybe that being a bit of an error. Um, Chris, for you, who is it that you'd like us to see sign, and and who do you think is the most likely that's going to get done? Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, if any. Um, I think Alexander Isaac is is one that I'm quite excited by. I remember seeing him at the Euros and um, he looked absolutely quality. I think he's someone, again, like Flyovich, you know, they've shown the potential, they've shown the quality. I still think that he's got a, a little while to go in his career for him to really prove himself. Um, I, I suppose that's my only worry with Isaac. He hasn't maybe um, proven himself on the goal scoring level um, like Vlahovic. So, I mean, when you, you mentioned that release clause that he has over 70 million, um, or is it 75 million euros, just over 60, 65 million pounds or something. It's a lot of money um, that would be, you know, we'd be paying on a player that has perhaps, um, yeah, like I say, just maybe not as proved himself uh, in terms of the goal scoring output um, compared to someone like Vlahovic. So, uh, that that is my only concern with Isaac, but in terms of his potential and his quality, um, you know the talent and the technical ability that he has, I'm excited by. I've seen, you know, he's quite a, a tall, skinny striker, but at the same time, he's great on the ball. He can beat players, so I think he'd certainly add something different. I mean, you can't really associate those sort of skills and ability with Lacazette, for example. Um, I suppose maybe he might not be the strongest, but he's got the height to obviously compete for the ball in the air in the Premier League as well. So, um, yeah, like I say, he's definitely someone who would add something different. And that's what we were speaking about with Vlahovic. He was someone who's a lot more physical. Um, and it, again, with his, his overall technical ability, he'd add something different and add something we haven't actually got at the football club at the moment. Um but just to, to throw something in the mix a little bit, which hasn't been touched on, um, 
one of you boys may have, have, have said it before on, on a previous show. But uh, surely I can't be the only one that thinks we should table a cheeky offer for Vive and Tony. Um, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, I, I've, I've been really impressed with Tony, you know, both in the championship and in the Premier this season. He scored a lovely goal at the weekend. What a, a great finish, it must be said. And um, I think he'd be obviously really up for joining Arsenal. Uh, he, we wouldn't have to break the bank for him. You know, we're talking, in my opinion, probably around... 25 million onwards, maybe 35. I, I, I wouldn't surprise me if it was in a similar bracket to what Norwich sold Emi Buendia for to Villa, in my opinion. Um, so you're talking between 30, 40 maybe, but uh, you know, maybe we could start off at 25. I just think he'd be a, a great option for us. Um, he's good in the air. He's strong physically. He's a great finisher on the ground as well. Um and yeah, I'd I'd be, I'd be quite happy with Ivan Tony, and I think he's just maybe a, what an option that's a bit easier to get. Um, and again, we wouldn't have to break the bank for. So um, maybe if we we can't get Isaac uh, or Dominic Calvert Lewin, for example, we should uh, try a cheeky little move for for Ivan Tony. What do you boys think? Uh, no, I mean, if you told me that Tony was coming in for the end of the, the, the January window, oh. I'd be pleased with that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn that away considering the situation. I also don't think it restricts us to not bringing in another striker in the summer, actually. But it would depend how much Brentford would would ask for, and I imagine that they would ask for quite a considerable amount um, in January. But who knows? Uh, interestingly, and, and Bailey, you've just risen this to my attention. Uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeting out that Fiorentina. Uh, have submitted a 40 million euro offer for Arta Cabral of Basel, another player that we've been linked to in the past. Scored 27 goals in 31 games, I think. If that is the fee uh, that he is moving for, and Arsenal end up getting no one, I tell you what, <laughs> I'm going to be pretty fuming about that. That is a hell of a bargain if they get that done. But I mean, it's the Premier. I think it's the Premier League. Um, tax isn't it, that we talk about and the premium that we have to pay would he be going for that much if it was Arsenal going in for him but I mean if if Basel accept that I think I think they've swindled a little bit to be honest I think they could ask for a, a little bit more than that considering he's already a Brazilian senior international playing in the Swiss League too but uh, I did I think I heard whispers in the past about possible work permit issues if he was to move to England so maybe that could be a problem as to why Arsenal aren't going for them um but yeah, Tony is an, an interesting one. Uh, Navarro says if we sign Tony, we'll need another striker. I'm not sure about that towards the end of the season. I think maybe in the summer, but certainly not in January. Uh, Afsar says Ivan Tony can hold up the ball uh, and he's good in the air. Uh, not the biggest fan of Tony, though, says Josh Shakespeare. He's definitely better than Eddie, though, points out Stephen Taylor, which is uh, it's not particular. With the greatest of respect, I mean, we know that any striker that we're bringing in January will be looking to obviously oust Nketiah from that second position, at least you'd hope the first. Uh, Paul says, no, no, not Tony. He's reached his ceiling and technically not good enough and does not do enough off the ball. No, not Tony. I think Paul's on the fence with with uh, Ivan Tony there. Maybe he needs to be a little bit more decisive. Um, let I think there is uh, obviously time left for Arsenal to try at least to do the business. We, we've got obviously this situation where there's time not only for deals to be done, but there's time for discussions to take place between the manager, Bailey can see where I'm going with this, and the owner, uh, who of course was spotted with uh, Mikel Arteta, I believe in Colorado, uh, at the stadium, both within inches of one another uh I, it was it's, it was surreal i don't think i ever saw a single 
video of Arsene Wenger and Stan Kroenke. I remember seeing a famous picture where like Wenger's looking at him rather condescendingly years and years ago. But I've never seen any anything like that. It was it was a surreal image to see. Bailey, what on earth could Arteta be doing with with Stan Kroenke? Look, <laughs> look the dream scenario, the dream would be that. Arteta is demanding the 75 million release clause money for is that that would be the dream but I don't think that is unfortunately I think uh, we know Arteta is about to sign well, what are they doing then baby I think I think, <laughs> no, I think I first, over I think, there to sign Matt Turner boys come yeah. on Whoa, yeah, that's Matt good Turner or it's contract talks and I don't know I think like there's something Ooh, going on with the that's a that's shout, I reckon, it? I reckon he's signing a new contract meeting the big boss and it's going from there. I don't think it's going to be the news Arsenal fans want to hear. Sorry to be a little party people, guys, but I think that is that is the reality. But again, it is 2022, and I think there is Zoom calls, etc. So it is interesting that they are meeting in person mm. rather than a Zoom call. But I think personally, it's to do with Arteta's contract situation. To yeah. be, there's two. I think there's a there's two sides to look at this. One, you can go look. From my perspective, I don't think Arteta deserves a new contract at this moment in time. I think I'd wait till the end of the season and see where we're at with that. The other way is that if look, if we're discussing contracts now, hopefully Arteta will be in a situation where he's like, look, if you want me to sign a new deal, like if we want to discuss this, then you need to back me now and we need to sign a striker towards this. So you need to give me what we need to get us into the top four by the end of the season. Chris, what do you, what do you think's going down in Colorado? It doesn't really work as a rhyme, does it really? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think... Um... As you pointed out, TC, it's really interesting to see them both together. Something that's a sight we haven't seen before. Um, and it's interesting time as well. Obviously, final week of the window, not long left. I think, personally, they will be speaking about potential deals and what, what the, the club has up their sleeve. Um, we've often um, you know, heard that the, the owners, um, believe it or not, are always very much open to... Um, given Arteta and Edu the funds to, in order to complete big deals. I think they were very supportive in, in the summer. Um, don't get me wrong, it doesn't really much change my views on, on Stan as an owner. Um, those views very much stay the same. But, um, you know, we spent, what, £150 million in the summer, uh, which was a good step in the, in, in the right direction. And obviously, um, the majority of those players, if not all of those players, have got off to a very good start for Arsenal. Um, but as I uh, said at the time, and as the, the transfer window came to a close in the summer, I said, if we are an ambitious football club, if we want to continue progressing and competing with the big guns, whether that's in the Premier League or, or, or in Europe, we need to continue that ambition, you know, in the next transfer window and the one after that and so on, so on, so on. And, um, you know, for me, that's, that means potentially going out in the summer and spending another 100, 150 million on some top, top quality players, maybe one or two players that we weren't able to get last summer. Um, obviously, now this month has been an opportunity for us to try and maybe um, strengthen one or two positions that we potentially couldn't have done in the summer. So far, it's proven difficult, but that's what I would hope that Arteta and Stan have been talking about uh, over in the States at the moment, and that's going over potential targets that we could get in before Monday, um, how much we're talking about, the, how big a deal they could be. And I'm, I'm sure we, we know Arteta is a manager and he's quite stern. He's quite a serious bloke. Um, he says it how it is. And I think he would be going to the States and speaking to Stan and saying, as you said a, a moment to uh, Tom and, and Bailey, you know, look, 
if you want me to sign this new contract, if you want Arsenal Football Club to be successful um, over your name, then give me this amount of money. Let's get go and get him. Let's go and get him. And let's really strengthen this team even further in order to progress as a club. So um, uh, there'll be lots of different things they'll be talking about. But I think this this stage, without we know Arsenal are pushing for transfers. We know Arteta's desperate to bring people in because of how, how the squad looks at the moment and the lack of depth and the quality in certain of areas of the team. I'm sure he'll be he'll be urging Stan to support him in these final few days. Yeah, and fingers crossed that's the case. As we do enjoy as Arsenal fans is kind of the, the craziness of the transfer window, tracking flights, trying to analyse photographs on Instagram pages. My favourite one, though, and a new one based upon this video, is lip-reading Arteta to see what he's saying in the video. And a great one I've just seen come up on my Twitter feed is, and to be fair, I mean, you can see it. He put it on a plate. He has to deliver. Shakes head as he's discussing Emile Smith-Rowe's pass to Lacazette against Birdley. It's a great one. I can't wait to see any more that come out in the final days of the window. We're going to finish things off there because we have got an incredibly busy day ahead of us and week as we close down to the final minutes and seconds of the January transfer window. Oh, I mean, it's going to be a, an interesting February and March. I'll tell you that after this closes. What on earth? Are we going to end up talking about? Don't you worry. We'll be bringing you plenty of content when the window closes and continuing to cover the club all the way up to the summer transfer window where we start this all over again. A massive thank you to everybody that's joined us in the chat box. You helped us reach 8,000 subscribers today on YouTube. Bailey clapping again in the background. Chris is yawning from the looks of things. So there you go. There he goes. There it is. Um, but thank you so much, people. Bailey, thanks always, mate. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, guys. Lovely stuff. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, pleasure as always, TZ. Thank you. Thank you, Bailey. And um, of course, thank you to everyone for tuning in this morning for the continued support. Very much appreciated. Absolutely. We will see you a little bit later on this afternoon. I'll be joined by Josh Williams to do a analysing Arsenal show on the strikers that Arsenal could still sign before the end of the transfer window. Lots of interesting names to be discussed. Keep your eyes on that Arta Cabral deal, though, because that you may see TC cry if that happens, because that's a ridiculously cheap deal to complete before the end of the window. Thank you so much. And I would just like to give a shout out before we finish to the people that you don't see in helping us get to 8,000 subs as well. Uh, social people behind the scenes, Gina, Guy, uh, Umar as well, who comes on the shows, of course, with Guy sometimes, do some great work in helping us uh, to complete kind of the, the thumbnails and, and setting up the streams and a lot more than just that. And also teaching Bailey how to make some very nice thumbnails for his articles too, yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah, is yeah. having a lot of fun with at the moment. <laughs> um, we will see you again very, very soon, guys. Keep real, keep it Arsenal, keep your chin up. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.